Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, here's what's coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg's kindness kid, Jason Schritt. He's got a new plan to help those in need. We'll tell you about that. Peter Janakis will join us from Pony Corral. They are celebrating their 30th anniversary. Chelsea Kent and the direct support professionals have something planned for tomorrow. We'll find out about that. Tammy Scrabeck, Constable, Winnipeg Police Service, and online classified ad robberies, and Jerry Bonham from Avalon Foundations on watering your foundation. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, and now the podcast. I got a text message, or was it an email? I got a, it was an email. From Sharon Schritt. She is the mom of Winnipeg's kindness kid, young Jaden Schritt. And she said, Hal, Jaden's got an idea again, and he would like your help. Well, I can't resist. This kid is super smart. He is just such a cool kid. I'm proud to call Jaden my friend. And so she said, Get your butt home after school because Hal wants to talk to you when he's off of the air at four. So I talked to him, I called him up yesterday. And uh, here is the conversation I had with Winnipeg's kindness kid, Jaden Schritt. Take a listen. Hello. Hello, Jaden. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How is Winnipeg's kindness kid? Good so far. Yeah? How's school going? Good. I've got one of my friends with me. Oh, yeah? His name's Rowan. Yeah. Watching my back. So far, my friends are there. Everything's nice. Now, is he a new friend? Because your mom was telling me you're at a new school. Uh, no, he's one of my old friends, but I've already made a couple of new friends, too. Well, that's good. Yeah. So what's going on? Your mom said you've got a new project. You took a little time off over the summer, and now you're back at school, and you're trying to do good again. What's up? Yep. So, uh, my school is doing, like, this fundraiser thing. Yeah. Where they're getting, uh, vegetables that they grow and stuff, and they're selling them to people, the vegetables. Um, well, we were wondering if maybe you uh, bought one bag, or if you want to buy a bag, it's okay if we can come pick it up. Because, uh-huh. you know, we'll put, come pick it up. All and, right. um, you know, the money goes to my school, mm-hmm. but the food and stuff that I'm gathering is going to uh, Winnipeg Harvest and Silo Mission and stuff. Ah, very creative. So you hit me up and people like me, but instead of me getting the vegetables, your school gets the money and Winnipeg Harvest and Silo Mission get the veggies. Yes. You are a smart guy. Thank you. Are lots of people taking you up on that? Couple people so far. Good. Well, I'll take you up on it for sure. How much are the veggies? Um... There's like two packages of vegetables. Yeah. One of them is $12, and it's package A. It comes with two pounds of carrots, five pounds of red potatoes, Mm -hmm. and two pounds of yellow cooking onions. Boy, that's a good deal for 12 bucks, eh? But if you want to get more, like, than that. Yeah. Uh, $22 is for number two. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Comes with three pounds of carrots, right? Mm-hmm. Ten pounds of potatoes, three pounds of cooking onions, and then two new things: one pound of parsnips and one head of green cabbage. Now I don't like parsnips, but it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be eating them, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Good plan. I pay for the vegetables, and somebody who needs them gets them, and then I don't have to eat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'll take the $22 one, so you put me down for that. And if anybody listening, because you've got lots of fans out there, right? Lots of people Woo! lots of people saw you in my Winnipeg Sun column. A lot of people have heard you here on CJOB. So if somebody out there likes this idea... How can they get a hold of you? Should they get a hold of me and then I'll pass them on to you and your mom? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If somebody gets a hold of me, I will forward their information on to you guys and you can give them the sales pitch. Okay, Jaden? Okay. What else is happening with you? Not much right now. I'm yeah. just going throughout my normal school days. Yeah. What grade are you in now? I'm in six. Grade well, six. Move to a new school. Yeah, one more year, and then you'll be in junior high. Do they still do it like that in grade seven? You go to junior high? I have no idea. Oh, well, if that's the way it works around here, that's the way it was when I was a kid in southern Alberta. So enjoy grade six. Thank you, and I will. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm in band. We're learning what, what makes a plane go up and down. Cool. In school right now. Yeah. And what's your favorite subject? Uh, So far, it's art. I mean, bam, sorry. Um, next week, we're doing an egg drop experiment. What's that all about? You put an egg in, like, a contraption, mm-hmm. and you drop it from, like, a store, one story high. Yeah. And what you got to do is make sure the egg doesn't break. Oh, you got to build the contraption so when you drop the egg in it, the egg doesn't break. Yeah. What are you guys going to do to try and keep the egg from breaking? I want to do something that's probably too expensive. Do you want me to tell you anyway? Yeah, tell me. What I want to do is I want to get an egg, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put two layers of duct tape around it. I want to get a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. I want to cut the watermelon open and put the egg inside of it. Right. And then duct tape the watermelon all around. Then I want to put, like, nails in it, but only a little bit in so then when I drop it, the nails will hit the cement first, but they won't touch the egg because they'll be in the watermelon, mm. making it so it falls slower at the last second. Look at you. Wow, that's pretty elaborate. Do you like vegetables? Yeah, I like vegetables. I try and avoid some of them, like parsnips. I don't like parsnips, really. <laughs> um, well, vegetables are good. Yep, I got to say they're good because otherwise Larry McIntosh over at Peak of the Market will get mad. So I got to say that I like <laughs> my veggies. Did you say you're in band? I'm in uh, band class, yeah. What instrument are you playing? Or are you just singing and stuff? Well, it's, I just today I signed up for another instrument, mm-hmm. but originally I got the clarinet. Oh, you kind of look like a clarinet guy to me. And just lately I signed up for the tuba. Oh, the tuba. Wow, that's big. Are you going to carry a tuba around? Yeah, that's the problem. I have to walk home every <laughs> yeah, day. I know. I have to walk home every day. When I was about your age, I went into band, and my buddy Ken, he took alto sax, and I took the tenor sax. Until you realize, I got to lug this thing back and forth, and I didn't live close to the school, and I had to carry this big tenor saxophone, and my buddy Ken carried around his little tiny alto, which was the case was about the size of a clarinet case, so it was tiny. Wow.
right, joining us on the phone now, Mr. Pony Corral, Peter Janakis. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Al. Well, happy 30th anniversary, my friend. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. 30 years of come and gone, you know. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, and you've got a big party tonight. I want to get into the history of the Pony Corral in a sec, but tell us about the party. Well, tonight uh, uh, we have three of our bands. Uh, we have the Bivers, which is a, a famous band here in Winnipeg that uh, plays the ponies. And then we have uh, Garrett Nazim and Steven, which do our Wine Wednesdays. And then, of course, we have the Boston Band with uh, Rena Semenko, which is um, yeah, part of the uh, Pony Corral team. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have three bands, and then we're going to have a big pig roast and lots of prizes and uh, celebrate the big 3-0. Yeah, and this is all happening at the Pier 7 location. Pier 7, yes. Excellent. What time tonight? Well, we're going to kick it off around 6 o'clock. The band's going to start around 7, and we're going to be going all night. Good. Excellent. Looking forward to it. So, listen, we can't have this conversation without talking about your dad, Jimmy. Maybe let's start there. Well, you know what? I was very fortunate to be brought up in uh, in a family that's been in the hospitality my, my whole life. My father, my mother, uh, my sister, uh, my uncles, the whole family uh, immigrated from Greece and and uh, they're in the hospitality business. And, uh, you know, we opened in 88, the Pony Corral. And, uh, you know, started me, my mom, and my dad, and we took over the uh, Burger King. It was the first Burger King in Canada to close in uh, Fort Richmond. And that's where uh, we started and we brought the brand name there. And uh, we started with the car shows and and uh, the uh, boxing and the wrestling and right. a lot of neat stars, you know. Yeah. Talk about that relationship with cars and wrestling because that is part of what Pony Corral is really known for. Well, you know, my father started one of his uh, restaurants was the uh, Thunderbird Drive-In on McPhillips. So he always had the car hop service. And, um, you know, and then he went in onto the town country and then we had a chain called the Rib Shack. So when we started the Pony Corral, um, my dad said, let's do something really unique. And then, you know, it was really neat. Uh, we did a, um, a five cents Coke, 10 cents hot dog. And then we brought the pony rides and, uh, the week prior, the Manitoba street rod guys showed up and, and my dad said, Hey, listen, why don't you guys join us next week? We, 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 we have this big celebration we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, we hooked up with the Manitoba street rodders. We started the car shows and that's where Sunday night cruise night started at right. uh, for Richmond store. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the connection to wrestling? Because I mean, you walk into, I like to go to Pony on Nair, and that's kind of my little spot I like to go to. And when you go in there, you see the pictures on the walls of some of the biggest names in wrestling. How did the Pony, how did you guys get hooked up with the wrestlers? Wow, there was two two gentlemen here in Winnipeg. One was Tony Candelo, yep. and one was Bob Holiday, which were personal friends of my father. So when we started there with Tony with his wrestling and uh so we, we, we did actually live wrestling in the parking lot. Uh, we had guys like Jumping Jim Brunzel. We had Chris Jericho started in our parking lot. Uh, we had uh, Owen Hart was a personal friend of mine. Yeah, right. Uh, um, we had The Natural. Um, so, you know, we did the wrestling in the parking lot. And then Bob Holiday was the promoter for the uh, WWF. Mm. So then when they used to come, we used to do the meet and greets. And then I became really good friends with uh, Owen Hart and Bret Hart, the hitman. Yeah. And uh, Owen used to come, he used to stay at my home, and, 
And at one time, just before Owen passed, uh, we had plans to open up uh, our chain in, in Alberta. But unfortunately, uh, Owen passed, um, and then that never happened. Hmm. i got to ask you, what do you think has been the secret to your success? Well, you know, the restaurant business is very challenging. Yeah. But what we've tried to do is, is be very consistent in our product and our name. And you go into a Pony Corral, we try to make everything uh, similar, try to keep the colors the same, try to keep the marketing the same. And it's all about customer service. It's greeting the customer at the door, giving them good quality food, and giving them an experience. And the Pony Corral is kind of like an entertainment center, too. We do a lot of special events. Right, yeah. And very involved in the community over the years, too. Well, you know what? Uh, We have four great locations in different areas. We try to uh, help out wherever we can. Today we're uh, over, the police have their golf tournament, so we're there, going to be supporting them. We have our hot dog cart there. So we try to get out as much as we can out in the community. Peter, happy 30th anniversary. Thank you, Hal. Many more. Bye-bye. Peter Janakis, the uh, big 30th anniversary party is tonight. Pony Corral, Pier 7. It's going about 6 o'clock, lots of great food, and uh, three bands, and yeah. Really happy for Pony and uh, for Peter and the Pony. And I'll tell you, uh, what I love about the Pony is it's just great comfort food, right? It's just fantastic food. You get a lot for your money. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, hanging out with the boys, Dave and Ricky and some of my other buddies, I mean, that was that was where we always ended up at the Pony, before and after and in between. Yeah, Pony Corral. Congratulations again to Peter Janakis and uh, the entire Janakis family. Really happy for them. All right, joining us now, uh, Chelsea Kent is here. She is with the Alliance of Direct Support Professionals here in the province of Manitoba. Chelsea, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming in. I couldn't believe this stat. We're going to talk about an event you have tomorrow, but I couldn't believe this stat. An adult with a disability in the province of Manitoba will have an estimated 770 support workers in their lifetime. A very scary reality. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And so as far as you're concerned, and I think most people would agree, that's a problem. And I guess at the heart of this problem, and that's what tomorrow's all about, you want these workers to be making more money. So make your case. Yeah. So tomorrow, um, well, well, this week is uh, Direct Support Professionals Week in Manitoba. Right. Um, so tomorrow we are holding event at the Manitoba Legislative Grounds. Um, prior to that event, we are um, going to be in discussions um, with some with some pe- folks at the ledge yep. um, to really um, promote a standardization of of direct support professionals. So that yeah. includes training and that includes increased wages. Um, so. That's our that's our big push tomorrow is to get people out and get yeah. voices heard. And you you say the celebrate it's a celebration tomorrow because mm-hmm. obviously it's the tail end of a great week. Yeah. And people that you want to recognize and celebrate, but at the same time, as you said, there's a problem here. And are you hopeful that those talks might bring about? Uh, because we know that this Pallister government uh, is trying to find ways to spend less money right now, not more. Yeah. So we're partnered with Abilities Manitoba, which is an organization that. Um, is it does great work in Manitoba for for people living with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have a a timeline of um of goals, 
And so uh, I don't know, people might have heard of the Show Us a Sign campaign, which is which is directly related to what ADSPM is working on for increased wages. Um, and so the talk is out there, the voice is out there. Mm-hmm. Parents of people with disabilities and self-advocates are, are sending the same message. So um, hopefully tomorrow with... With people with disabilities, agencies, direct support workers, uh, government officials being present, hopefully that paints a really clear picture. And on social media, it's hashtag hashtag show us a sign, right? Hashtag show us a sign and hashtag living wage. Okay, so two. And uh, I certainly wish you a lot of luck because uh, that is kind of a scary stat when you think that a, a disabled person in the province of Manitoba over their lifetime will deal with 770 support workers. And I guess your point is... Those are good people, but they need to move on to other opportunities and professions where they make more money, and that's why it's so transient. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, at the end of the day, we have people that are working direct support who are working three jobs. Um, they're working daytime hours providing direct support. They're working nighttime hours with another agency providing direct support, mm-hmm. and they might be working um, on the side doing respite. And so... That leads to exhaustion and burnout. And is that providing the best support to someone who is a vulnerable person in our community? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, because you're a former uh, direct support professional. So you you know, you lived the life, right? Yep. Alliance of Direct Support Professionals is made up of of a board um, that all work in the direct support Mm -hmm. field. Um, You know, and we've all been in it for 10 plus years and we've all lived the multiple jobs and um live with the the effects of of poor wages and yeah. um the reality is is that it's not the same across across all agencies um the starting wage is low and it's it's not um not every agency is going to pay a DSP the same wage um so that's something that also needs to be looked at want to get some parity going yeah eh? yeah because that's the other thing is that people are moving around a lot and that really causes upset to someone who is being supported. Absolutely. No, that's understandable. All right, give us the time tomorrow at the ledge. What time? 11.30 a.m. till 1 p.m. Okay, over the lunch hour. Yep, so bring your lunch. Uh, we will be there, rain or shine. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. come have lunch Everybody's with us. Everybody's invited. Have fun. Everyone's invited. Chelsea, nice to meet you. Best of luck with it. Thank Chelsea you so much. Kent, she is with the Alliance of Direct Support Professionals in the province of Manitoba. A warning from Winnipeg police about online classified ad robberies. Tammy Skrebeck is a constable, Winnipeg Police Service, and joins us on the phone now. Hi, Tammy. Hello, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for doing this. So the warning today is it, uh, and I guess we're talking about, not to mention one, but I will mention Kijiji, people understand that. Is it about the items that people might be buying are stolen, or is it about the safety of the person meeting up with somebody who's selling it? You know, there's actually a couple of components. So you've got the fact that the items may be stolen. Um, there's also a component right now that we're seeing where items are being falsely posted. So people are posting things like, um, an iPad or a, mic, a MacBook, um, and we're seeing the exact same ad being posted over and over again with the exact same picture. And all it's meant to do is to draw people in um, to attempt to purchase that. Uh, it's totally set up for the purpose of robbery. So that's a concern. And then, uh, you know, obviously is a, there is a concern of the safety of the buyer at all times. 
So this item isn't really for sale. They just want to get you in a parking lot or wherever you agree to meet with them in order for them to rob you. Absolutely. And, and that's, um, that's what brought this advisory forward is our major crimes that, you know, what, we're seeing a bit of a pattern, particularly in the last week, week and a half, where the same item is, uh, is being uh, shown up online, whether it's Kijiji, Facebook, um, there's a variety of different ones right now that are out there, but the same item is showing up and people are literally luring uh, the victims to meet them in remote places, odd places, like we're talking uh, you know, stairwells, back alleys, um, parks, the places that you wouldn't normally want to meet somebody. And it is, you know, you're meeting with the one person initially, and then two, three people are showing up and robbing the victim of whatever personal property they have on them at the time. So, Wow. Uh, but as far as uh, from an investigative perspective, that must be maybe not easy, but you should be able to find these people. But then I guess you, then you'd have to sort of have an undercover cop and, and maybe you're not able to do that. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, it would take huge resources. I mean, you know, how many times has somebody, you know, dropped their cell phone and it shattered and you know, their entire life is lost for a few moments and you went, OK, I need a cell phone today. Quickly search it up. Here's a phone for sale. Oh, this guy's available to meet right after work. I'll just go meet him. I'll pick it up. We really don't think about uh, the, the possibility that it's either a setup or uh, that, that the item is stolen or doesn't exist to begin with. Yeah. And then how do you prove that, right? And they use different numbers and move along and different people. Yeah. So that would be difficult. So the warning goes out to warn people, hey, be careful. So what's the advice then? Meet in a very public place? Absolutely. There's... A lot of it is, is, is common sense when you start to think about it. You know, if you feel that this meeting place is set up, it's, it's not safe, request a different place. Uh, you know, same thing as going with friends. And there's a number of things you can do in terms of requesting a photo. If you haven't got a photo of it on hand or, or even searching the photo in the ad, you can do a reverse search online, which is a tool I actually recently learned about. Um, what is? Exp- sorry to interrupt. Tell me that one. I don't know that one either. Sure, you know, and I just learned about this. So if you did a reverse search, um, I know it's available through images on Google. And all you do is literally pull the photo from the ad into this Google search, and it will tell you anywhere else that picture has appeared. So if it's appeared in several other ads, um, when we just played with it in the office, we were finding that uh, common pictures we had were showing up in places like England and Australia. So you know that it's not a, a true photo that, that somebody would be posting, like, I just took a photo of, uh, of my phone and I'm going to post it for sale. That wouldn't show up in, a, in an ad search. Um, but when you do reverse search online, it's extremely useful. Interesting. Wow, I'd never heard of that before. So <laughs> it's called a reverse search of a posted of an image. So you can yeah. make sure, and like you said, if that same image is po- posted in the UK, well, obviously there's something fishy going on. Exactly. I mean, it gives you a good idea. If it doesn't come up, uh, then you know, okay, it's probably a very recent uh, photo to the internet. So yeah, anybody wants to look that one up, it's easy enough to search. Um, and images.google.com also is a super easy search engine for, for pictures. Yeah, a bunch of other ones that we said meet in a very public place. Obviously, do it in the daytime, not at night. Uh, don't meet with uh, when you're by yourself. Have somebody else with you. Um, this is sort of an interesting, maybe this is back to the photos. Explain this one. Use generic photos when posting an item for sale. So you're selling something. Don't post a photo of the actual item. Post a generic photo. 
Right, you could do that because depending on what the item is, you may have identifiers on that item that you don't want out there. Um, so if you were the person posting the ad of something for sale, and we're also seeing that where people are posting something like a cell phone for sale and then uh, it being stolen from them at the point of purchase. Um, removing any identifiers. And in terms of generic backgrounds too. So, you know, if you're taking a picture in your house, let's not have, you know, personal information, details about your, your home, your children, your family, in the background, um, offices. I've seen somebody post pictures of an item for sale in their office. And when I blew up the picture on my own computer, I could actually see the memos that were written uh, hanging on the person's wall behind here, <laughs> which told me now where they worked and everything else. So um, small things to keep in mind when, when posting and buying. Search the serial number online. You can do that, which, again, I w- hadn't thought of that, but sure, that that makes a lot of sense. Don't provide personal information. I'll just run a few of these here. Sure, yeah. um, check the buyer's name online. Do a search online. Make sure that they're who they say they are and if it seems sketchy. Well, and then, and then the bottom line one here, this is maybe the best one. Follow your gut. If something feels wrong, it probably is. Absolutely. I mean... There's, there's no rush to purchase anything. Ask the questions. If at any time you're not getting the answers you want or answers that are acceptable or you just have that, what we call the spidey sense that something is not quite right, pass on it. You know, sorry, I'm just not interested any, any longer and go on to a different item. But absolutely, I think in a lot of cases, if people think about it, um, they often tell us in an interview later on, you know, I just had a feeling that something wasn't right. Tammy, great stuff. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. You're welcome. Constable Tammy Scrabeck at Winnipeg Police Service. Beware. Online classified ad robberies. Buddy, the other day, uh, we were supposed to meet up, and he says, no, I can't. I, I, Hal, i got to water my foundation. And I said, what? Water your foundation? What the heck is that all about? So I went to Avalon Foundations. Jerry Bonham joins us on the phone now to tell us all about it. Good afternoon, Jerry. Oh, hi, Al. Hi. Thanks for doing this. I heard the other day something I have never heard before. Watering my foundation. Buddy of mine said, Hal, I can't. I got to water my foundation. What's that all about? Well, right now we've had such dry weather since last year, and it's still dry. So we're getting a lot of houses are shifting and moving because of the dry soil. So what we've been telling people is to not water the foundation, but you want to try to replenish the moisture loss around the foundation. So you want to water about four to six feet away from the foundation, uh, try to get that moisture underneath by the foundation, just try to replenish that. And also we're telling people water, you know, trees, vegetation around there to make sure they're, they're not drying the soil out. And you're seeing a lot more of this this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're getting lots and lots of inquiries and lots of appointments, uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's all over the place too. It's not just in one area. It's a lot of people calling saying, "Oh, my house is cracking. My door is not working. I've got all shifting." You know, it, it all of a sudden the phone is ringing off the hook here. And this works, eh? Well, you know, it's going to work. It is just lack of moisture. The thing is, the the matter matter of moisture you can get back in the ground. You, you're never going to replenish it all because it's just so darn dry. But people want to do something, and so uh, at least it's a temporary kind of a fix. So we get some moisture. And if you don't water your foundation, can it cause big damage or is it just sort of an inconvenience with doors sticking and stuff like that? 
Well, no, it can cause da- large damage. The thing is, if you if you got poor grade and now you've had all this water that's you know snow melting, all the rains you get running towards your foundation, there's where you're going to try to replenish that moisture. It's wherever it's been really wet. And now it's dried out. That's where the foundation starts going down. So that's why it's really important to have a good grade on your yard. Uh, a lot of people just look at it as a cosmetic aspect, but it's not. You don't you you want don't want too much moisture against the foundation because the problem is that's where it can dry out. So now it's drying out. So the houses are starting to move. So that's why we're telling people at least to replenish some of that moisture loss. Mm-hmm. And people don't need to call you at Avalon or some other professional about this. They can do it themselves, eh? Well, as long as they know what to do. We get a lot of inquiries because if you put the water too close to the foundation, it's just going to go in your weeping towel, it's going to go into your sewer system, and all you're going to get is a big water bill. Right. Yeah, so you want to water away from the foundation, and you want to water it enough till your weeping towel starts to run, then you just shut the water off because you don't want to waste the water. Yeah, right. You don't want to be pouring water down the drain if you don't have to. We're paying for that. Oh, exactly. So that's why it's don't water right against the foundation. It's a waste of time and a waste of money. Anything else before I let you go here, Jerry? Well, uh, you know, not really. The only thing is, you know, if they do, if they do have questions, just tell them to give us a call or call somebody like that that, that knows sort of what's what's going on. Uh, some cases we're getting footings that are dropping, like we're busy putting piles underneath houses, and you know, as a last resort, just to stop these houses from going down. It can be pretty expensive, so a little bit of water. You know, won't hurt. I mean, my water bill is four hundred and fifty dollars, so I'm doing the the same thing. I don't I don't want to have shifting. Jerry at Avalon, thank you, sir. Okay, thanks, Hal. Hal Anderson afternoons. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.